Crazy. Disruptive. Explicit. We say it like it is. Real world sales and marketing. Real stories from the road. Yeah, it's the real shit. This, this is the Recavic Podcast. All right, welcome to the Recavic Podcast. My name is Jody. To my immediate noon. You nooner. Are, you're my nooner. I am Trevor T. Brown. Brown. Super excited. Uh, we've got, so if you've listened to the last couple podcasts, we've had a, a, uh, a very lively guest in Mr. Tony Ferguson. Uh, did he was two lively. in a row. He did good. Yeah. We did two. We banged out two in, in one night. That's brag. That's about what she said. That. But there was another person that I had in mind as well when I thought of having uh, Ferg on here with us that you I knew two-timer. would bring the thunder. You two-timer. The thunder from down under. <gasps> He's Australian? Tro- nah, sort of. Tropical thunder. thunder. Whoa. Matt, like the doormat. Mm-hmm. Heath, like the candy bar. Just one T? Matt Heath. Well, two T's. Okay. Yeah. Also known as Big Fella. <laughs> I want to know where that nickname came from because I've only heard of you referred to as Fella. Technically, uh, by rule, you are never supposed to give yourself a nickname. Right. And in this case, I did. Mm. I like and it that. stuck. Buck the system. And uh, I've just always been a big boned individual. And so, and I'm kind of a fella. Yeah, that'll work. So you put them together and Big, it's a fella. big, big fella. Yeah, it sounds like a prison name. Yeah. It could be. I mean, that, that transfers rule it out. right into prison. <laughs> Let's not rule it out. Like what? T-Bone, that would transfer right into prison. Yeah. When I was a little younger in my party stage, it was Big Bear. Mm-hmm. I do this Big Bear dance. and That's not as awesome then, in the gay community. No. No. But when you get, when you graduate and you're a little bit older and you got a little different crowd, more professional, Big Fella was a little better I think, than the Big I Bear. I think it's good. I yeah. think it fits you well. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to judge your bones, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think you've got great bones. Mm. Talking about bones, you've got great bones. T-bone. Yeah, that's yeah. right. T Bone, T Brown, T Bone. Yeah. I don't even. I don't even know if I've got a nickname. When you have two uh, girl, girl names, names with the both end in I with a heart over them, yeah, you don't have to. You just. You just. You fucking own that shit. Like literally, that is that yeah. is literally to me. That's like I've always said. Like is like if I was a UFC fighter. Yeah. I would have like a nickname like the fucking purple unicorn and I would come out to like girls just want to have fun. Cause in my mind, I'm thinking you are going to completely fuck with this guy's head. Like he's got to believe mm-hmm. you're the toughest dude on earth or back it up. Now, Jody Sally, I hear a guy, Jody Sally. I'm like, don't fuck with that guy. Yeah. That's and especially I when that's I see him, he, he signa- yeah. I see his signature. It's got the hearts the over hearts. the eye on the end. I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> do not mess with this guy. What gives? Yeah, they're like, does he need a nickname? No. No. No, he doesn't. Like, Honey Badger doesn't even come close. No. Honey Badger's like nothing. No. Muscle Hamster, another good one. Mm-hmm. Jody Sally beats all of them. Yeah. I like so. that. I'm going to get a big tattoo right, on my, right across my, my, my belly. Mm. Jody Sally. Yeah. And put little hearts. Do it to where the hearts are, like, right below my nipples. Uh, so it looks like I, I got four nipples. Mm. Oh, jeez. Dude, I would be the toughest cat in prison. I don't think we talk about nipples. I don't want to go to prison, though. So we are, uh, this episode, uh, we, I don't even think we prelude, I don't think we preluded to this. Preluded? Promoted. Promoted? I don't know. It could be a prelude. Do a kiss. What's the other word I always forget? Uh, not a transition, a... Uh, segway. Segway. Yeah. Or, or um, as, as you call it in the biz, it's a seg. A seg, yeah. We seg right into that. We should. Now. Probably, like, I'd say like 20, 20, 30 episodes in, I'm going to start picking up on this shit. Yeah, you'd be throwing third, it down, the seg, impressing the girls. The oh, seg. my God. Oh, here, again. that's a great seg. You know, stuff like that. I think uh, what we we didn't really get into it, but what we're going to do on this episode is the uh, the art of or the importance of and the art of the pivot. The pivot. Um, and you have to put that in context. Right. Because mm-hmm. this is not basketball. Right. But similar. It's based keep on you, you the gotta, same idea. Yeah, right? you got to keep your based one on foot down. Idea. Yeah, keep one foot down. You pivot and go move to a different location. Right. We actually, I've got to, it's a big enough issue for me if you, you know, you look at the logo for, for the Wreak Havoc podcast or for Havoc Sales Partners, my company, the V in the Havoc actually is a pivot sign and it's got a V, the V's actually got an arrow sticking up one side and it's basically saying you pivot, move to another position because I think. Oh, Yeah. One of the most important things in a business is being able to pivot from what you're doing to change because shit's going to change all the time. Like that's it's constantly that's a constant, changing. That's a constant thing. Change. So when I think of the pivot, I literally 
big fella's got the the personality to just be a guest on here just just for being fella but he probably constitutes the biggest idea of like pivot i know as far as i mean he's done it multiple times successfully which you know sometimes pivots don't go successful they're but, hard so what i want you to get into fellas i want you to tell us basically kind of where you start i mean you're going to basically get the next uh, 15 minutes of this podcast basically. don't screw it up. we're gonna leave ah. if you want to just talk we're yeah. just gonna leave the room you know or got? just drink we got a bottle <laughs> of wine i got my wine wait what's this wine this wine is a uh this is a local wine from fuji uh from fuji shin fuji, uh, wait family a sellers fuji shin is local fuji shin yes does not sound local sounds boise he's, he's very uh local really yep and uh <laughs> fuji shin and uh, it's family sellers it's a two this is a 2016 amatino oh. from the snake river valley I do. Snake River Valley does do some great wines. Those amazing wines. So I mean, I think you'll you'll find that this this wine is uh, it's a little bit uh, on the dry side, more more of a fruity. Uh, I'd say fruity, less earthy. Um, I would say fruity, less earthy. A, I wouldn't say a, it's dry. Oak, like a oaky hint. There's a little. Yeah. <gasps> oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's what I would say. I I'd also that, say that yeah, it's fourteen point eight uh, alcohol content by volume and contains sulfites. That's just off the top of my head. Fourteen point eight. That means my pants come off in about two hours. Yay! So, fella. So, anyways, back to fella. We want to hear how. Give it. Give us a story. I kind of set you up for it, but you you uh, tell us where you started. Kind of starting at like say that college level when you went and. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to hear about Boise puberty. State. Anything? Yeah. yeah, we don't need to hear about your experimentation in college. Just maybe uh -huh. more of like the business side of it. Yeah, um, a little a little before college. Cause I was a, I went to college to play football and not really go to school. So I did football for a couple of years and then I worked, I worked in computer manufacturing, um, for MCMS, which was a micron deal, but, um, started out as an operator and just worked my way up. I wanted to be someone outside of my dad's company, do something different. Um, so I did that. I um, I broke away from the family business of of Powerline Construction and and uh, worked there for five years and uh, because of a staff reduction or whatever I was I qualified for a NAFTA program to pay for my college so uh, I went to Boise State and I had a good buddy from high school that went through construction management so I chose Is that, that Mr Parker uh, no his name is Alex Roundtree mm. um, I've met Alex yeah. Yep. And so he, um, he kind of introduced me to the, uh, I think he took me to a club meeting and, uh, it was just a small group of guys that. Is that what were, they called them back then? Oh a, yeah. A club meeting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was just a small group of guys. A lot of guys that had gone to college, didn't like it, went to work and then came back uh, to college and then got great grades. And well, we all had to work together to get good grades, but hey, Team, that's collaboration. Yeah. yeah, that's you learn. Yeah. So, um, which was great, but the best part of that whole situation was the people that you meet. Mm. And um, so I did. I went back. I had to get my get it done. My four year degree in two years. So I did that. And um, yeah, I went out to work. I went work for civil companies. I went work for. Um, Barge companies, barge, barge yeah. companies. Can you say in barge? Idaho? No, in South Texas, <laughs> a lot of barges in Idaho. So new type of construction that I some. didn't know. A new group of people um, who I'd never known um, down by the border. Barge people, yeah, barge people, Hispanic people. Mm -hmm. um, and this is so. This is after you graduated the second time. Yeah. They, like so, and that was a construction construction right? management construction yeah. management. Okay. So now you've got construction management. Now you're out. Yeah, I worked using in Salt it. Lake uh, Granite Construction, then went and worked for CCC Group down in the Corpus Christi. And so I'm I'm going around, and a lot of this is due to these you know these uh, recruiters call you, giving you a better mm -hmm. offer you know mm -hmm. for better jobs mm -hmm. all the time. Um, but what it started me thinking about was. Man, I'm working with everywhere I go work is I work with these great people. They're they all they're unique. They all have great talents and they all work their their butt off and they're smart and they're but they work for the man, right? Mm -hmm. 
So even even growing up, I was always uh, a guy named Matt Cass that worked for my dad for many years. Great guy. But I always told him when we were hand digging holes down on uh, Warm Springs Avenue uh, for power poles. It's like, one day we're going to have these big jacked up trucks and it's going to be great. <laughs> and uh, so I just always took that with me everywhere I go. And so I've always thought, you know, my dream one day would be to get all the great people I've worked with and start a company. Go grab Matt Cass. Go grab mm-hmm. Matt Cass. <laughs> uh, Jason Salazar down in uh, Corpus Christi. And and um, and just have this big company of all these all-star great people that I've always worked with. Um. So yeah, I've always had that in my mind and I've, and I've traveled uh, a lot of places and I've met a ton of people, but I guess from the pivot point of view was we went to school for construction, but if you don't observe around you and understand the people and understand and how to find opportunity then you're missing the boat. If you're, if you got your shutters on and you're just focused on your daily job of making reports or doing something stupid, that's TPS reports, right? Got to get those in. Right. And they've got to be in the right format. Mm Got to get the right format. You really lose out on the opportunity that you have for yourself or the people around you. Um, and I, I, it took a while to figure that out. And I think, you and I are I have some of the conversations we had before barbecue toolbox. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just so excited about all the spitballing and the ideas and, and we got into that and it, it was, it wasn't, you know, extremely successful, but uh, <clears throat> the biggest part was the observations and the learning and the mm-hmm. thinking process of, I will never forget the rest of my life sitting in that little store <laughs> thinking to myself, you know, I grew up in construction. I went to school for construction. And I'm sitting here selling barbecues. And I don't think that makes any <laughs> effing sense. <laughs> right? Ooh. So from that point on, I was like, Trevor, you know, take over the store. I'm going to go get a job with Moss Tech and go manage projects. And I think it was fairly successful. And it was able, I was able to live here and travel to the East Coast. And I met, again, more great people. Yep. And um, so, shoot, I did that for three and a half years or so. And then I started thinking about some of these subcontractors that I'm hiring and why they're pissing me off. And because they charge too much or they don't give the right documentation or they... For whatever reason. They don't do their fucking job. Right. Yeah. (laughs) One of my favorites. Yeah. So the company I was working for fired uh, Linda Koch, who was, I think she's probably mid-50s, cancer survivor. But I worked with her for three years, and she treated Moztec's money like it was hers. So precise on everything. And everything about the guys in the field that was inaccurate really pissed her off. So I, I, I noticed that. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's when we started Blue Lake. And um, it was great because we I got her on board. And then I had this other guy, um, Brandon, who um, was, I, I just, I was on this project. We had to get the restoration done. So the state of Florida would uh, write it off or accept it as being, complete but there was a little bit of ruts and the the grass didn't look like someone's front yard and just real you know little tiny stuff that was really annoying and i couldn't get i was frustrated and i couldn't get it done so someone said we'll call this brandon guy so i did he charged a couple grand he came in and just got it accepted cleaned it up good to go but i could tell that he was um he had issues managing his business financially Right. And um, because if he worked a week, this week, he needed to be paid on Monday, the following Monday, which was like, typically you work, it's 30 days, 45 days, you know, whatever. So I noticed that and I'd ran into him again, you know, down the line. And and, um, in that case, it was more of a, it's almost like when you flip a house or buy a stock or 
you find something that someone is good at and then what you can add to that person and then offer them a good deal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't be greedy. I told him, hey, you can tell people you're the owner. You can, I'll pay you like an owner. Um, we'll work this thing together and I think it'll be a good deal. Mm-hmm. And um, just like the movie Forrest Gump, mm-hmm. where really they bought a shrimp boat. Oh, okay. Bought a shrimp boat. Bought a shrimp boat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're shrimping and they're getting no shrimp. None. And then the storm comes. Oh no. And then there's billions of shrimp. A bunch of shrimp. All the boats Lots are gone. Of shrimp. All the other boats Bubba are gone. Bubba gum shrimp. Shrimp on the Barbie. Mm-hmm. Shrimp cocktail. Yeah. The yeah. whole yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like us. We were we were fairly successful, just small 15-man company for about a year and a half. And then Hurricane Michael came and we went to 238 people. <laughs> wow. Thanks, Mike. And Brandon was able to hire that many people, find that many people. That is crazy. Yeah. So we did that for about a month. And then um, we're back down to 50, but that's still four times bigger than we were before um, before the storm. So it's um, I'm, I'm just a huge believer in that. And it's not so much knowing construction. No, it's just look at it like you you hit it on the head when you said you're just looking for the opportunity, right? Like if you don't keep your eyes up and look for the opportunity, you get your blinders on. We we've all got different experiences in that. And we've and it's fun for me, especially like you two don't you guys haven't known each other in the past. I know both of you guys in I have known him for twenty five minutes. Correct. <laughs> A we're, solid we're practically best friends. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, I we have, have been Facebook friends for a while. Yeah, we have. Yeah. That counts. Yeah. That counts. That counts. I think that we, you know, I've I've seen both of you guys differently on it, and I know so I know the background of both of you guys having the same some similar situations where Jody came from, you know, being in radio for so many years and and that pivot, you know, there's that that point where every one of those that part of that story that you you tell, at some point you basically had one foot still in what you were doing mm. and you pivoted that other foot to something else and then that led to something successful and it's not to say you know here's what i think if you keep the same foot pivoted you'll just go in a circle you know it's, it's all about you know pivoting you put the one foot down you pivot to the other one and then maybe that foot stays pivoted right and that's how you grow and i and we've all been there we've all done it like you've you've got stories in the the situation you're in where you basically took what you learned in radio and you mm-hmm. pivoted it to Let's say the private sector, if you will, of of the you know sales and marketing and right. advertising for people outside of of the radio business. Um, same thing with me in sales. I started in construction. I mean, my first construction business, I was building swing sets. And when you were eight, yeah, I was eight years old building <laughs> swing sets. And, and uh, I I literally would you know I build a swing set and I build enough of them. And at one point, a lady asked me. She says, God, you know, we have a I need a fence built. Do you know how to build a fence? And I'm like, yep. yeah. And there was my first pivot. My I can literally put my finger on my first pivot was building a swing set. And this lady asked if I could build a fence. Did and you really know? Saying, eh. Yeah, I mean it wasn't that hard, but it was it was interesting. I, there was I can tell you where the one where I was like, oh fuck, uh, I shouldn't have said that sure. one. That was that was a pivot I made when I went from building decks to doing remodel. That's a and someone big was like, jump. yeah, they're like, oh, man, you did such a good job but on that, this deck. Can you remodel uh, my bathroom? And I'm like, fuck, yeah, I can. I did, not know how to, I did not know how to remodel a bathroom, but I did it and, it. and I figured it out. But it was that pivot was like my first pivot was from the, you know, a swing set to this mm-hmm. gal asking if I could build. I still remember. I picture it clear as day when she was like, she's like, yeah, we need a, you know, she just got a new house. She was super, super excited. Single mom, super excited. All she wanted was a swing set, and it was a stupid little. I mean, sorry, stupid. It was it was it was a small swing it was, set. It, it was, was an amazing. A-frame swing set with a with a little slide off of it, and, you know. And she was just excited for her kids. To, and she's like, "Yeah, what we really need to do is I need to put a fence up so I can keep my kids in the backyard. Do you have any good fence builders?" And I'm like, "Ah, oh, you know, nope, but I know some good I shop callers." And next thing you know, boom, I'm doing. You know, I pivoted to the fencing, and and now when I look back, fencing, I've my brother and I have done. Uh, I think we've started and sold five fence companies, four or five fence companies. Really? So like, so I mean, fencing became a major thing mm-hmm. in our background. If you look back at businesses I started was all fencing and, and it was, you know, 
you know, but each one of the same deal. I'm learning good people. Like I taught every, every single person we hired, my brother and I were like, look, we know they're going to leave. Like they're like, that's the big problem in construction, right? Cause they think you're making all the fucking money. So now you're going to, you're going to actually, you know, lose these people. So what do you do? You either embrace it or you let it go. Well, I basically just made it to where they, you know, I'm like, Hey, I know you're going to leave someday and I'll help you with it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for you. And we did, we sold some of the companies off and some of our businesses off to most people. That's that were good karma though, man. That stuff comes back. Yeah. All those bridges that you're building in, in the biz and it doesn't matter what business it is, but it's the same thing fellow was talking about. It's, it's knowing and understanding people, right? Yep. Recognizing talent and you can find somebody that's talented in, I don't know, finding 200 people to go man a shrimp boat. But in order for that guy to do that, hey, he's got to know that many people or know how to get that many people. That's a massive asset if you're looking for that guy to be in your company, right? But understanding and knowing people, and that transcends any type of business. Build those bridges. Well, look at like, like, well, I mean, give us a little insight, like what you do as far as like, for, what have you done I mean, look at the people you're still working with or what you're doing that you carried over from the, the radio business now. There's there's quite a few. I mean, I spent so I spent 22, almost 23 years in radio, and I did a little bit of everything. And I, I was kind of raised that way, so I, I mean, just kind of wired that way. I want to learn everything in the world. But I shifted into doing just kind of refining what I did and doing the radio production, and I did that for about 14, 15 years. But one of my big things was I want to, every time somebody asks me something, I want to like, Hey, can you take care of this? Can you do this? I always wanted to say yes. And I always wanted to do the best job that I could. And those bridges that you build and that reputation that you build, it, I mean, it, it pays dividends in weird ways, but there, I mean, there's, I've never like a weird example I get really good deals when I go buy cars because I know the general managers do a whole bunch of car dealerships. Right. So I, I walk in and be like, hey, can I talk to Tom or whoever it happens to be? And again, that's that's a great relationship that sets up some of that stuff. When I pivoted from doing the radio, I had actually started building a side business that eclipsed what I was doing as my regular job, building audio. So building radio spots, building TV, audio uh, just doing different things, and one of the one of the nuances of media and in like agency world and radio world, agency world really looks down on local radio because most of the time and historically, local radio is not very good because mm-hmm. you got some guy that yeah, uh, let's have him be our production director, and they're not, they don't spend a ton of time training them. You just kind of get thrown into the fire. And so, really, well, everything sounds the same. It's all the Every, same, every, and it's hey, usually, yeah, and you, you end up that guy. Yeah, you end up with a, a puking, a puking announcer right. that doesn't do a good job of getting into the head. We uh, get into the head of the client. So we talked with Ferg about how do you approach really getting a business? How do you how do you help advertise? How do you market that? Right. How do you how do you know as a business know what it is to market? What's important to your to your base, to your primary guy? So when I started doing production, I really spent a lot of time trying to get really, really good at that. And in doing that, started to got better and better, better at the craft of building radio ads and writing good radio ads, and then just doing good voice work and just quality work. And that reputation set my set me up for doing business with and contracting out with local agencies and then regional agencies. And so I started doing business with a whole bunch of people across the Northwest. Well, one of the clients was Davies Moore. Mm-hmm. And so, and I had known the guy that is the, the, the founding partner of that. I've known him for a long, long time. And the joke was always, Hey, when are you going to hire me? <laughs> well, the math finally pinned out after, after kind of looking at it for probably about three or four years. And that was an opportunity for me to go over there and jump into the agency world. And man, when I got in there and I was, I was really good at my job at the radio station. Dude, you were at one point, and you won't brag on this, but you I swear to God, you were 85% of the voiceover work that was on the radio that's at any given time. That's not true. That's not It was true. so, you were so it was a lot. over, you were doing a lot well, of it. Like, here's what, could, I could turn the radio on at any given time, and even my kids would be like, oh, there's Jody. So here's like, what you Your voice was know. the thing. So my voice was on a lot. My voice was on maybe 20% of what I actually produced. Maybe. 
that gives Crazy. you scope of, I mean, I was doing, and I, I tracked all this cause I, I am a super nerd in some ways. So I had some spreadsheet nerd bot on all that stuff. Like a Harry Potter. It's at one nerd. time I contacted some of the other guys in the market and figured out I was doing by myself as much as the rest of the market combined. Which is hard to do because you're like, hey, we want you to do our radio ads for this heating and air conditioning company. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I'm doing it for four other ones. Let me see if I can make yours different. Right. Which is really, really hard to do. So anyway, once I pivoted and got into the agency business, I was like, oh my. I had no clue how much I didn't know. Right. I was good in the in the 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 little sliver of traditional media in radio, but within an integra- a fully integrated marketing campaign, it's it's a small nugget and it and it's decreasing in a, in a number of ways, right? With with all the digital stuff and all the things you can do now, there's so many ways to market a business. I mean, Facebook and Instagram, all the digital stuff and the social things, that's a huge deal. Right. And it, and the beauty of it is it's really trackable. Whereas radio, radio is really hard to track. It's kind of like, I, I equate it to like a, uh, it's like a, a current, like like a stream, right? And you don't really realize that there's enough, that much water moving through it until you, you get into it. And the next thing you know, you're you know a mile down the stream. Right. If you quit doing that brand, I call it brand and they call it branding. If you quit doing your branding as a, as a company, you start to decrease your opportunities to be in the conversation as a choice for whatever it is that you do. Branding's super important, but it's really, really hard. It's not a, it's not a glorious, shiny thing. And it's hard to measure. You, it's very hard to measure. It's easy to go, it's yeah, we ran, we ran a radio ad campaign and we got 55 people that came in to get this great deal because we said, mention this on the radio and you'll get blank. Well, yeah, but that there's too much competition, man, unless you're doing a stupid good deal. So there's it's just a tool, right? Radio is just a tool. But the pivot of when I got into that, it was a really interesting thing because you're sitting there going, okay, now what do I do? Do I pivot back and go back to what I'm used to, to what I'm to what I'm good at and comfortable in, or do I pivot and take this on full on and just do the due diligence and learn the shit you need to learn and do the work and put in the time and it doesn't happen overnight, but well, and we've mentioned it 10 like, years I mean, it later. Was, it was spooky. There was some stuff. You learned, there was like, many times where I was like, I'm in over my head and I don't know what I'm doing. And, and I actually went and had drinks with Ed and he said, listen, I didn't hire you. And now you talk about people knowing people. Ed is gifted that way. He really is. He looked at me and goes, look, I didn't hire you for your agency chops. Think of it like a race team. And I'm like, okay, here comes the, the metaphor. He goes, you were, the, you were a badass, tire-changing mofo. You could change the tires off of a race car faster than anybody. You'll learn the rest of it. I know you, I know your family, I know your sister, I know your dad, I know how you're wired. It's just, it's a marathon, man. You'll be in the right position at the right time, and that investment will pay dividends. And that was his whole philosophy. And I I needed to hear that face-to-face from the guy that, that hired me. It was a really, really big deal. Now, that was almost three years ago. And now I'm like, I mean, I, I do a ton of video editing and do a whole bunch of stuff didn't that, know before. that I didn't know. Yeah. That's fella. Like with your stuff, I got to believe when you're talking, I, I know the scope of some of the jobs you've done. It's fucking frightening. Like literally I, I hear, you know, I'll talk to you and you're like, Oh yeah, I just took on this contract. And this. how, how do you, cause I mean the people, people listen to this, they're sitting there thinking about maybe making that pivot. It's the biggest thing. And Jody went through it. We talked about it on golf course. We've and we referenced it in many of the episodes. I do but have like, one bit of advice. Do not get divorced at the same time you're pivoting. Yeah. <laughs> if, if that is, don't do it. Sometimes the divorce causes a pivot. Man. And I can speak from that standpoint. Yeah, uh, sometimes when you divorce somebody, you are forced to pivot. So And um, lose about 30 pounds. Yeah, it's or amazing. 50. Or 100. Yeah, but it's... Uh, how do you... like? 
like he, you know, he, Jody's thing. And I remember talking with him on, you know, sitting on the golf course and talking about that, like him kind of like, holy shit, there's so much stuff I don't know. Cause I, I, he was the top of his game at one place. He pivots and now he's like, fuck, I don't Little know everything. Fish. Right. He, that's recording shit. Your stuff. Some of the stuff you took on is insane. And you've got to have some fucking hilarious stories about shitting yourself thinking, I might have over pivoted at this point because I mean there's some big projects you took on. I mean, how did you avoid that, and how do people not shit themselves? Yeah, I think there's a couple things with that, and I've always just been my type of leadership and management is basically by serving others and getting others input and making people feel like they are making the decisions, and. <clears throat> So that really takes a lot of the heat off me. If I'm out there being some asshole, barking orders, do it, do it this way, do it that way, mm-hmm. and it's wrong. Right, it's me. Funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but if we do it as a team, um, everyone's got great ideas. Everyone wants to be a part of the team. Let them. Everyone, let everyone in. Yeah, give them ownership though. Yeah, that's huge. Get I ownership. Wanna, I want to know then, that it counts. And hey. If it if it's wrong, if it's wrong as a group, then let's huddle up and talk about why it why it didn't go well. But um, <clears throat> that that's a big thing for me, and and I, yeah, scared shitless on everything. I was scared shitless when we had two hundred thirty eight people trying to figure out of how these people all want to work a week and they want to be all paid the next week. Wow, <laughs> and that's a lot of money. Yeah, because it's sixteen hour days and it's seven days a week. Whew. <clears throat> so. And then we get delayed payment. This business, business is tough, right? We're delayed pay- payment. We got people from Alabama, people from uh, all walks of life, which I'm not accustomed to. And we got people showing up with guns and Facebook videos, and this guy's a rat, and this is a turning real, real bad, real, wow, uh, real fast, yeah. And uh, to a point where, and they don't know me. You know, this is a deal. It's a natural disaster. And a lot of the people um, are there, one, to make money, but they're also there to help the community and the rebuild of the devastation. Right. So there's just there's just a ton of that. I mean, I was crapping my pants. I mean, and um, I, it was I, I, I grew tremendously from the experience. Um, that's something like taking on more than what you you probably should. But. Hey, business is risk. I mean, you got to take risks. You got to maneuver. I don't know you one gotta... business owner that hasn't been in that situation. I mean, if you haven't been in a situation where you're shitting yourself because you feel like you took on too much, you're probably not really in the business. You're probably not a business owner. You probably right. didn't do it. Like you, you, you didn't do it the the real way. Like well, and you never gave you something. You never achieve the greatness. You don't. You don't never build, dude. I... A company that is great without going. Oh, what am I doing? That's a good sound effect. That Thanks. Sounded just like, <laughs> juicy. sounded just like shitting your pants. And the headphones, that literally I... <laughs> sounded like somebody shitting their pants. You know, I don't, I don't want to brag, but I am a great sound effect. <laughs> wow. As shitty as that was, there were some little things that we did. That was a segue. That was a that segue. Was a, segue. a seg, as we See, call it. A seg. In the business. A, seg in the business. <laughs> a seg in the business. As shitty as that was, there were some little things we did. There was, I got these stories of all these people, people, people that had zero money, couldn't pay their power bill. In parts of, of Alabama, you pay as you go for your power. It's not like where we get a bill oh. every month. So you pay, and there's people like, it's when like you a fill up parking your gas, meter. You just put a dollar in your gas car. can, put, put a dollar in your gas tank to go to work every day. <sighs> Same idea for some of these folks. Oh, wow. And I just, I just paid their power bill per, you know, with my personal. Deal and these are guys that worked for you. Yes, and I don't. I never met them personally. I, there was a huge group of people, but I just try to do the right thing and try to do the best thing that I could. Um, because with that many people, some people get missed. Some people, it's just it's difficult to manage all the way around. Yeah. And so when you're when you're out and and you're doing it for other people and you're doing it to you know doing the right thing as as, as best as you can. I think some of that, as bad as that was, there was some good things that come out of it. But I think though that those little things 
I, I read a deal. We, we talked about this last, I think the last podcast, but the idea that there's going to be people that, that aren't going to remember a whole bunch of little details, but they remember what it, what it felt like to have somebody go to bat for him. They remember what it felt like to be desperate and to have some guy that they didn't know step in the gap and be like, Hey man, I can, I can help you through this tough time. And that, I mean, it, it really, it keeps on going. It's and when snowball. someone would call me, no matter how shitty I answered the phone, <laughs> Hey dude, I'm, effing pissed i'm not paid what you know i'm gonna go to the news i'm gonna it's like hey bro here's the deal i'm working on it i'm trying to do this i'm trying to do that and it's just like hey answer calls be honest and and we'll get through it so but i I wanted to also say for me i've been through a couple pivots there's a couple different types of pivots if you ask me Mm. oh this is getting deep i knew it i knew it i knew this was coming there's a customer driven pivot kind of like your story of You're doing, you're really good at decks. And the lady's like, dude, I seriously need my bathroom done. And right, right, right. Like, okay, perfect. I'll do it. She was a single mom. Just saying. I saw that movie. Concept close that bad boy. <laughs> I saw that movie. But I think the other thing is is effort and, and uh, the process of spitballing and observation and reflection. And I think even I've, I've, uh, met some people around even Boise here that they get a group of entrepreneurs to meet once a month and they talk through some of this shit. Mm-hmm. You are who you surround yourself with. Right. Like we've discussed Weird. that. And it goes back to, it goes back to, if you look at everything you do in your life, how much effort are you putting towards reflection, observation, you know, these things that can really help you. And it goes back to the blinders. If you're working on TPS reports every day, and you're not doing all this other stuff, you're not able to see right. the stuff that's going around you, then, and that's fine. If you're a blinders guy, a TPS, and you, and that's your, your lifestyle and happiness is all time record high. And a red stapler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's good for you. Mm-hmm. But for someone like me, that's, that's just not how. No, but that's the, you and I, I think that's the the coolest thing about you and I, and we don't get together as near enough as we used to, you know, because it's, it is who you surround yourself with, right? We can pump each other up talking about ideas because we both, I think we're both that big mindset type of person. Like, let's do it. Like, you know, I mean, it goes back to the barbecue thing, right? Like I've been in barbecue a long time. We're sitting here talking and we're just like, dude, let's just start a fucking barbecue store. Let's just, let's just do it. And we, and next thing you know, it's like, oh, we have a location in Eagle and we're going <laughs> to open a barbecue. Like, it's just like you get two guys together like that. And it showed the power of how all of a sudden something like where you get, can you imagine when you put two, four, eight, 12 guys, you know, together in a room all doing that. And, and we've talked about it in, in other podcasts where, you know, you are the sum of who you surround yourself with. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why you and I continue to connect on things. That's why I've been so adamant about bringing Jody in on the podcast and being my guy on that, because it's who you surround yourself with and you'll continue to come up with ideas and continue to come up with pivots that will happen because somebody will tell you. And then sometimes you don't see it. Like, I mean, that's the one thing, like I, I think of a guy I actually was on the phone with a guy today who he um, he was in a situation where he worked for a company that I worked with and and you know we had discussed his situation and it was like Man, I think you can do better you know and I mean it just took someone to bring it to light to you know and he, you know, and he kind of was that down <laughs> on him just like hey you know I don't think I, you know it's a good job and I'm like eh, you could do a lot you could do a lot better. And he did. And he finally got that confidence because he, he heard it from somebody where he yeah. finally heard it from me enough that he was, and he heard it from other where all of a sudden he was like, dude, and he still to this day will call me, you know, today. And he's like, yeah. man, I wouldn't have ever made the move. Yeah. And he doubled his income. <laughs> he left one job where he was at when we first started talking and doubled his income. And it was something that he immediately, and he's like, man, if I hadn't been around you and yeah. listening to you say that. So I think there's a lot of those pivots that people do like you said, are based upon someone else kind of like helping him with that pivot or telling him, Hey, you could do that. Or, or you're good at that. Or, you know, and who knows how many people at that you've affected with some of the guys you've worked with that are like, I didn't think, you know, you gave them responsibility when they never had had that responsibility. Right. So all of a sudden they're like, Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Some of those guys might be 
upper management right now because they 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 were given the opportunity to do that where before they just never thought they had the confidence to actually do that you know it's mm-hmm. no different than a you know a superstar you know you hear these guys as they're a pitcher or something well i can't throw if i don't I, i'm not that good you know and they stick him on the mound and all of a sudden he can throw a freaking 100 mile an hour fastball well it's recognizing no one ever thought yeah. that and he didn't think he could do it but someone saw someone the talent it. and said Put him on the mound. Let's see what he can do, or put right. a bat in his hand, or you know, maybe you're just in the wrong spot. Maybe he's a soccer player. Maybe he's something else, right? And I think I think that's the biggest thing that I run into with the the actual pivoting aspect of it. We're in a world, you know. Change, I'll change the. Here's my seg. Okay. Oh, in a world, boom, like that. Exactly. Okay. People in our world today. Today. In a world <laughs> far away, <laughs> literally can can pivot where we couldn't before. Like, when you look back, our maybe not our parents, maybe our grandparents is a better example. Yeah. They spent fifty years at a company, and that was what was expected of you. I honestly think you were looked down upon in today's society if you spent too much time at one company. I don't even know if you can. Yeah, well, they'll get rid of you. You know, I, mean, I, I have a lot of examples of that. Business is, yeah, because they are just getting rid of you and down. You get too but expensive. But if you, so either you pivot or someone will pivot for you, kind of deal. But I think that it, that people, and, and I battle this a lot with a lot of different people. I'll argue with those people all the time. It's not about staying in one place anymore, man. Get what you can out of it, milk that cow for all she's worth, and then pivot to another one. But you can do that with honor and respect. Absolutely, because I'm not I, saying I screw think anybody. well, I'm but there's saying. a lot of people that they that, that leaves a sour taste in their mouth. That it, it isn't necessarily it's not one sided, and this is something that I've I've talked about in my mentorship of people all the time. You're in a position, learn it, figure it out, I, expand your base of knowledge on all that stuff, and utilize it moving forward. Because you never know where you're going to end up and what opportunities are going to come knocking at your door. But but if you respect where you're at and you you invest right now into what you're doing, that stuff pays off. And it's, it isn't this, because I think there's a lot of companies specifically with the corporate stuff, right? They're always looking, you're just a, a number on a spreadsheet, right? And I'm being super general, but at the same time, Man, you're in a position, learn all you can learn to do because you're going to network and you're going to do things naturally within your sphere of what you're doing. And you never know who you're going to be talking to that's going to be starting the next company that gives you a call a year later and says, hey, man, I really, really enjoyed working with you. You changed my perspective on blank and blank. I'd like to hire you and triple your, your salary. How's that sound? Uh, that doesn't only three times my salary, <laughs> right? I've got a mind blower for you. Um, hold on. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Question. Question to everybody. And do you see? Do you think you are where you're going to be? Can you predict the future? Privet. Privet. How much wine have we had? I started. I, st- I actually started way ahead of you guys. I have three quarters of a bottle of wine ahead of you. Oh. Yeah. So. In a world. In a world. We're three quarters of a where bottle of wine. Where you say privet. Where privet is a thing. So if, do you guys see yourself pivoting to another thing? Just gut feeling. Do you think, you, do you think From, you're where you're going to be or do you think you're going to pivot uh, again? Or do you think you're going to pivot 10 more times? I don't think I'm going to pivot a 10 more times because w- how good I want to be at what I do is going to take me 15 years. So well, you'll be dead by then. I am not going to be dead in 15 years. I will be mature. In 15 years. Seasoned. Your Seasoned. Beard, your beard will be... My beard will be jet, completely jet white. white. Yeah. But, the, I mean, I, I think I like being really, really good at my sphere, no matter what it is. So, and I recognize it's going to take me a while to get that good at it. Now, I could shift that a little bit. I don't know if I would call it necessarily a pivot, hmm. but I just recognize... Man, it just takes it takes ten thousand hours to be an expert. Period. So how long does it take you can right? And you're I'm not as young as I used to be. So it's harder for me to learn some of that stuff because my brain is in its forties. It's not in its twenties anymore. It it's a little bit harder to learn some of that stuff. Bella, are you gonna pivot? I feel like I'm in the middle of a pivot. Mm. Now we're talking. We've had some success yeah. on what we did and 
it's not so much about what we're doing. It's about what we did with the people. So <clears throat> this isn't as cool because it's not like there's not TV shows on discovery or HDTV, but I like taking people that are good at doing the work that have their own business that are struggling in, er in areas of management or growing their business. And I like teaming up with them and like flipping their business, almost like flipping a house. Mm -hmm. And so I have, I have a couple different people that I want to do that same kind of model with, and they're in completely different types of construction. Hmm. So that's more of what I'm pivoting to and looking more of a, of a, of a broader view and building on what we did to start Blue Lake and then start, you know, other LLCs or bring them together or however it's all going to come together. But we always say, you know, me and um, Mike Gracklinoff, you know, Mike, we have an equipment LLC that we just started. But it's just kind of fun to say we're trying to take over the world. <laughs> you know, we'll probably never Small get attainable there. goals. I yeah. love it. I love it. Yeah. And it's just one. One hemisphere at a time. One opportunity one at a time. And it's just like a stock. Time. It's just like. Uh, flipping a house, you know, I don't have a, I don't have the, the eye for going out and saying, oh man, that is a house that would be perfect for flipping. But somebody I, does, somebody does. Yep. But I have my, my deal is a little different because I can see the people and I can get them and flip them to build them up, put them in a great spot, help them manage their business, their safety programs, all that stuff. And let it, let it, let the fire burn. We build teams, and that's what I think people don't understand as much. Like I, I, and I think I know we overplay this. Probably every episode I bring up something about sports, but and, and I mean we all come because sports are awesome. Sports, right? We all come to that background. Maybe that's why we go to that. But I just think there's no better analogy. But it's you have to build a team, right? There's no point whether it be football, basketball. I mean, we'll just keep it at basketball, right? It's it's there's five guys on a team. And, you know, you're never going to take your seven-footer or your six-foot-ten guy and have him out shooting three-pointers all practice trying to do that. There's a right. guy that does that, right? And you're not going to have your five-foot, you know, freaking 11 or five-foot-ten point guard in working on posting up because it just it's not it's not part of a deal, right? right. Like, you you don't need to know that, that part of it. Like, the, you know, like, I don't need to be an interior designer, okay? I hire an interior designer and I know that, you know, I have certain skills in, in, you know, in the house flipping side of things and it's building a team. And I think in any company, it's the same thing we deal with, right? Like, I mean, I, I deal with it in independent repping, you know, there's guys that could sell one product that probably can't sell the other product. Like, I mean, they just really aren't going to fit it. So it's about building that situation where I, I agree with you. Like I get addicted to, it, it kind of goes back to the same thing. I, I had had a person come to me years ago and they're like, and I used to own a door and hardware shop and we sold a lot of doorknobs and bath hardware and cabinet knobs. And she, so she sexy. came up and it was, it was Ugh. super lame. Check out my it, knobs. I loved it. But anyways, we, we literally, I was, I was speaking to a group of people and I got done and we're sitting at, and we had a luncheon after that. I spoke before luncheon and then I, I was speaking and, uh, we sit down after that, and this lady comes with me. She's like, man, do you just love cabinet knobs and doorknobs? And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't. And she and, and, and she was like, what? But you, and I'm like, no, I love the business. Like, I love the fact that I built something that Idaho never had. I built the largest independent, you know, the largest showroom in the state of Idaho. Nobody ever had a showroom that showed this stuff. Like you had to go, you know, to the internet or to Portland or Seattle to see what we see. You know, like I loved the building of the business part. Right. right. And I, that's when I figured out that was my strength. Right. My strength is not being the individual that does that or the interior design part or whatever. Mm -hmm. my, my, my thing is building the business. And I think that's with fella, you know, you know how to put good people together that can do that. And you put together a team, right? You're a general manager of that, of that basketball team. You, you go get the guys that can do that. You're not out on the court scoring the points, okay? But there are guys that are out there scoring the points or they're playing and they need the guy to, to manage, right? I need somebody to do my books. I don't do books, you know? I Again, today, and a lot of times we get these things that happen every day. That's why I have to have a podcast because <laughs> shit happens every, life. every day. 
Today I'm talking to somebody about it. And I said, and he was doing a job interview and he calls me and he's like, I go, how'd that interview go? And he goes, the guy fucking asked me literally. He's like asking. So do you, you know, like I, I noticed on your, your application or on your resume, there was some grammatical error. Like he's like, I don't usually, I probably wouldn't have even gone past the grammatical errors to contact you unless I had talked to these people that said you were a great salesman. And he's like, I kind of got pissed off. And I go, I would have told that guy to fuck right. I said, here's what I would have told that guy. Because he calls me and he's like, you're, oh, so, I, you're so abrasive. He goes, I knew you. Would. Oh, he goes, he you goes, don't tell him. Oh, I was pissed. I was just like, fuck that guy. So literally he, he, he says, yeah, I would have gone past this because you had some fucking commas in the wrong spot. I said, well, you should have said right then. You know what? I know this guy who's fucking amazing at punctuation. Never makes a fucking mistake. But he's a fucking horrible salesman. Why don't you call him and hire him to be your sales guy? You fucking idiot! Like I literally, you, I don't know if you built a bridge right there. I wouldn't have built a bridge. <laughs> Burn that fucker down. Like, but how that's how stupid people are, right? Like, he he wasn't interviewing for a fucking job as an editor for a paper. Right. He was interviewing for a sales position for a fucking company that sells air conditioners you know it was like fuck you like this isn't the we're not in a situation where we need to know everything in this world today you don't Mm-mm. i don't have to know shit you know what i think of i laugh we've had this conversation <laughs> on a, it was actually as part of another uh well not on our podcast a different podcast i listened to where he said yeah i always think back to that that time when my math teacher told me one time in junior high it's not like we're all going to be carrying around a calculator in our pocket every day nope Yes, we do, motherfucker. <laughs> we actually carry around a Google box in our machine in our pocket every day that will answer every question, including translating different languages into English. So, yeah, you don't need to know everything. It's what you do strongly. It's what your what your strong suit is and what you can do well, and then you get somebody to well, do. What are you, yeah, part. what are you hiring for? Yeah. So, but you know what? I'll give the interviewer. I'll give him credit because he's obviously paying attention to that stuff, which I I think is fine. But it, it's all on a scale, right? Well, that's not what I'm hiring for. He highlighted it. I would actually be curious if he did that on purpose just to rattle his cage to see what he did. Yeah. Well, he didn't. He would have been real surprised if he were rattled my cage. I actually had somebody one time when I was interviewing. This is like I'm usually been self-employed, but I did. I was. It was yep. after a divorce. Uh, one of my pivots, and uh, and uh, they. I was interviewing a job and the guy asked if I could do uh, QuickBooks and Excel and how, what I considered, I consider myself good at QuickBooks and Excel. And I, and I did, I mean, and this is God honest truth Two kids on my two kids. I'll tell you, this is exactly what I told the guy. I said, you know what? I'm, I'm not super good at that, but I have an accountant guy that I know who's really fucking good at QuickBooks. Couldn't sell you shit, but are, from my understanding, I'm interviewing for a sales position. And the guy kind of laughed. And he's like, "Well, no, I get it, but we got to do." I'm like, "No, I get it." I said, "But here's the deal: if you're, if you, if you had put in the job description that you needed somebody that was great at QuickBooks, I wouldn't be interviewing for his position. You know, you can position uh, because I'm really good at selling shit. That's it. Whenever I hear that, is what I didn't get the job. You know, you can stick your head up a butcher's <laughs> ass, Tommy boy. Yeah, I always think of that line. You could stick your head up a butcher's ass. <laughs> you're a good look at a T-bone. You can stick your head up. <laughs> cow's no, it's a cow's ass. Uh, no, no. Ah. But I think, I mean, Tommy Boy, the movie, ridiculous example. But he has somebody with him in Richard that recognizes that he can sell. And he said, what did you just do right there? I mean, it's that's such a ridiculous example of exactly what we're talking about, about having somebody that recognizes your strength. Right. Mm-hmm. And surrounding yourself with people that, that are, are able to do that. And, and I think one of the things that I did in one of my pivots that was was more of a, I guess, jump stop. If we're doing basketball analogies, mm-hmm. I just shifted buildings. But it was a big deal because I'd been in the same building basically my whole career. And one of the things that I did was I wrote down a list of 10 people that I knew and respected of various ages that spanned probably 40 years. And I just went and asked them, Hey, here's what I've got on my plate. What do you think I should do? I'm looking for advice. And it was really, really interesting. And every single one of them looked at me and went, uh, yeah, you do that. And one of the ironies, one of the guys, he was an up and coming general manager at one of the Larry Miller dealerships. 
and just a great guy, really good recognizing people skills, right? And just a dynamic guy and just did a great job. And he looks at me and he goes, are you kidding me? Jodes, Jodes, that's like somebody offering me a Honda store. You take the Honda store, you jump, you go do it. This is not even a conversation. And I was like, yeah, that's funny. And then the irony is he ends up getting a Honda store. <laughs> he kills it at the Honda store. He kills it, kills it, kills it. He's one of the, God, he's like the regional vice president of the Western United States for Larry Miller corporate making, there's a lot of commas in his yearly salary. Yeah. Crazy. But my point is this seeking that out versus waiting for somebody to speak it in. Right. Right. And it, and it's the same thing that, that we talk about all the time. It's that execute, Right. It's that being intentional, put your, and this is a conversation I had. I've got a 14-year-old kiddo, and she's looking. She's, she's a pretty good basketball player. Unfortunately, she's not getting any hype from me because I'm not even – I'm standing up right now. Mm. No, that's not true. But she's a really talented musician and artist, really talented. So I was talking to her the other day, and she's thinking about going to this um, – an art school. And I'm like, well, think about it. She, one of her questions was, well, what about – uh, what about sports and stuff? And I said, well, think about it, kid. What are you going to do with basketball? It's great, but it's going to be tough. Oh, listen to that. A little more wine. Oh, that's a big pour, buddy. It's a little bit, right? You're, it's, that's it's, what she said. Yeah. That's it's, very precious. Yeah. It's hard, but here's the thing. Where are you going to go with it? What are you putting yourself in position? What are those concentric circles that are touching where you're going? You can go pursue this music thing, and that has a ton of concentric circles that can get you into all kinds of different fields because you're creative and you're talented, right? Versus worrying about the basketball thing, where are you going to go with that? What's it going to do? Right. Right? And, and it was a really interesting discussion. And she's 14, and she's recognizing the value of positioning and putting herself in a good position to have multiple pivot points. Yep. And it was, it was cool to see the wheels start to turn. And she's, you'd be so proud of her. She turned 14 Monday. One of the big things she was so excited about. Oh, her and Gavin were that close. Yeah. One of the big things she was excited about, she gets to go to McDonald's and put in an application. Atta girl. And she is stoked for it. Love and I'm like, hey, you know what? Down the road, you're the kid that's going to own the business. Exactly. And that's the difference, man, is the... Put yourself in a good position for it. Where are we at time-wise? I have no idea. It's nighttime. Is it on there? Did you have it on there? Because I the video went dead. So yeah, we're long. We're, we're about done. Okay. I was going to mention we have it. Do we have any questions in the studio audience tonight that we'd like to no? ask any questions about the episode? Or? She, I think she fell asleep. Where's my wine? Where's my wine? Sweet Lord. I'm just kidding. So, fellow, what while he's delivering the wine... What what are you excited about? What's something that when you get going on it, you get excited, right? We, we talk about all these pivoting things. It's kind of a little bit of a shift into positioning and, and getting excited about all of those different concentric circles. What's something that, that you're excited about? <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest here, and uh, I'm, I'm, try, I'm having to find uh, – I'm having to reflect – and find that a little bit because we've had some, we've had success. Like I've never even dreamed of. Mm. <clears throat> and when you have that, you're like, okay, uh, been wanting to do this my whole life and we're here yeah. now. What? You know? So that's how I felt <clears throat> when I started dating supermodels. Right? Yeah. It's the uh, same thing. I'm it's the like, same thing. And maybe this is the I was like, the oh, life I always wanted to date supermodels. And then I dated all these supermodels. Yeah. And I'm like, what do I do now? They're still. This might be for the middle aged man <laughs> podcast next door, but <laughs> but yeah, that that's a thing is um it's turning into you know, in the last couple of weeks is turning into maybe more giving, mm. helping people out. It's um it's finding new types of business, but the same type of person, maybe. Right. And letting someone feel that same success. Taking someone that that doesn't have the 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 know all or 
whatever, the confidence that that they could own the own their own business mm-hmm. and mentor them and mold that person and and some see. people have never heard that right. Some people are just a product of being told what to do, and when you give them the freedom to go imagine, they don't know what to do with it, right. and and they don't necessarily think they can do it because the 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 idea of failure scares the crap out of them. And it, you know, the, the funny part is it's having people speak into them and give them a little bit of a boost. You know what? It's okay to fail. And when you do, you get back up and you get after it again and you learn and you grow and you've, you've figured some things out that you're going to do it differently next time. It's okay. Exactly. Anyway, sorry, I got all excited. But there, it. there's a lot of things. There's, you know, uh, you got to know your comfort zone. I, the thing I've learned is there are, there is a lot of work goes into just looking at your own videotape. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Are you con- are you complacent? Are you sitting in front of this computer? Are you going to the, you go to the post office every day? You go to the bank every day? You go same routine, <laughs> and you're focused on this the same little deal here, but. Are you out of your comfort zone introducing yourself to people? Are you meeting new customers? Are you spending time with your employees? Are you reflecting on what worked, what went well versus what didn't go well? Are you talking to people that don't even do what you do, but you're interested in what they do and how they pivot and, and how they run their business? I mean, there's just so many things that if you get those blinders on and get complacent that... Um, you limit yourself. You do. You 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 turn yourself into a mental, um, douchebag, small person, douche mental bag. small yeah. person. It's technically the clinical term is a mental douchebag. Yeah, you become small minded. That's oh. what I told one of my employees the other day. How'd that go over? Uh, not very well. Mm. Man. Mm. But you could have just called him an idiot. Yeah, but I I went back and kind of explained it because you know there's people that want to have every phone call and every email go through them. It's like no, we have to have processes. We don't need people. We need the processes that the people overlook right. and, you know. But that, you just taking the time to explain it, yeah. and, and this is my hope for the human race, is that that people realize it. And the, the analogy that I give is when, if you're a parent and you spend 18 years parenting and helping this child learn and grow into the person that they're going to be, they fight against that and they don't get it. And when they're in their mid to late 20s, they finally go, dang, dad, you were right on a lot of this stuff. And they, they see it, right? It's a cycle. And it just is what it is. Within business, there's still those cycles where suddenly somebody goes, man, some of the shit that you said, I did not get. And now I do. And I'm like, man, you were right. And I see the value in this as now I'm trying to manage people. And I'm saying, I'm saying the same exact things that you said to me. And I can hear you in my head. That to me, as a, as a leader, as a mentor, as all of that, as a business owner, all of that stuff is so rewarding, but it's such a long cycle. And it's hard to find the motivation to get after it and be intentional about it. Because there's days where you're like, man, you drink a whole bottle of wine. Like Trevor's doing right, right now. <laughs> Straight no, man, from the I'll tell you, I work Straight for a guy at Quanta Services, vice president of safety for Quanta Services, a huge company. And his motto was, leadership is a skill and you have to practice it, just like dribbling a basketball. Yeah. Every day we had a meeting, we had a leadership moment, we had leadership books we read, and we put effort into leadership and put effort into things that you typically wouldn't do <laughs> that we just take for granted. And... um yeah, it, it'll help you. It'll help your growth for sure. Oh, it's I go to a conference every year that is specifically designed for that stuff, and I I've got notes and notes and notes. I filled an entire notebook on it, and I I, mean, I, I love that stuff because it it matters. Great businesses are built; they don't just happen, and they're built by people that put in the time and they're intentional about it, and and it takes people. Period. Right. So there you go. Love it. Uh, I'm sure it's a good episode. Well over time. Oh yeah, it's well good. You know what though? It's good stuff. Hopefully, hopefully Dude, somebody I'm out there's like, yeah, yeah. 
I'm gonna go. That's the thing. Don't you don't have to stay where you're at, man. If you're listening to this and you think you gotta be where you're, your your move may be one, two, three, four, seven pivots away right now. So, you know, just don't close your mind to it. Know that that you know this isn't the this isn't sometimes if you don't feel like this is where you need to be, it's probably not where you need to be. You know, you need to do do shit you love. Uh, you need to make sure that you're doing. You know, think you will do it better if you want to be there. So, and put in the time. Find if you need to go way. back to school, go back to school. Do what you got to do, man. And and put in the time with other people. Like, surround yourself with the people. The reason I surround myself with Fella and yourself is because we do things that we... I literally am inspired by each stuff that each one of you do. Oh. And that's what we... That's what we do. You know, I mean, that's why you do that, right? So, go out and find the people that are going to make you, make you better. Uh, episode... Uh, God. We're losing track. We've done uh, so many 12. episodes now. Real oh, quick, so if many. you're the leader of a group, you're in the wrong group. Ooh, that's cool. <laughs> Boom. Dang dropping it. nuggets you and dimes not, at the end. You are not getting challenged. You're not. You So you have wow. to be aware of that. That's a good long nugget. Should I end on that? All right. Let's sing Kumbaya. Kumbaya. Kumbaya.